All right, everybody, let's uh, find our way back to our seats. Good morning, New Life Church. How is everybody? Good. Good to see you. Real good to see you. I understand that uh, congratulations are in order for the uh, Tennessee fans. Uh, <laughs> what a what a game! What a game! Listen, let me uh, invite you to open your Bibles to uh, a, all the Word of God is special, but there's something significant about this particular text that always grips me, and that is in the Old Testament, Ezekiel, chapter thirty-seven. Ezekiel chapter 37. When you get there, let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. As we are all learning more about you, none of us have arrived at perfect knowledge of everything there is to know about you. You continue to reveal yourself and show parts of yourself to us. And you continue to demonstrate such perfect faithfulness and love like no other. You continue to amaze, mesmerize, by showing yourself strong, favorable. And today, Father, we expect nothing less, not out of some selfish entitlement mentality, but because we recognize we need you. Lord, we need you. Every hour, we need you. We need you more than yesterday. We need you more than the last answer to our prayers. We need you today fresh. And anew, for your your word tells us in Lamentations that every morning, your mercies are new. So there's a side to you that wants to be fresh to your people. It's a side to you that wants to demonstrate there is something that we have yet to see, to taste, or to know or experience about you. And it's my prayer that this morning that we get to do that. Open up the heavens over us now. God, and fill my mouth with your words of life. Let it flow like a fountain. And let it enter our hearts without obstruction, without disruption. And we thank you now in Jesus' name name, and everyone who's expectant can say amen, amen. Ezekiel 37, let's look at this, it's not on the screen this morning, Ezekiel is a priest and a prophet, and this is what he says, verse 1, he says, the Lord took hold of me. The Lord took hold of me. The Lord took hold of me. What a statement. What an encounter. Right? I had prepared a different message for this morning, or at least I was planning to prepare a message, and the Lord just kind of impressioned on me to look at this story. And I was in a different part of, of the Bible, and 
And when I, this thought just came, you know, suddenly on me, Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel 37. So I just took my uh, thumb and I just started to turn the page and it opened right up to Ezekiel 37. Whatever that means, it just, I think it meant God really wanted me to get to Ezekiel 37. And, and this, this text is, is a mesmerizing text. This is a, this is a story that I've always been fond of and have always enjoyed reading and, and I've preached out of this text maybe twice I don't think any more than that over the last 10 years or so but um, how many of you know it's it's a good thing to keep good records if you don't keep a good record of your checkbook pretty soon you're going to realize you don't have as much as you thought or you will not discover that you actually had more than you thought that's always good, right? If you don't keep good records, sooner or later, somebody's going to be asking for something, and you've got to be able to show something and produce it in order to get this or have that or be accepted here or get this job there or whatever it is. It's good. It makes sense. There's a lot of good principles about good record keeping in the Old Testament that God shows it's favorable to do so and how he brings that up. But I like to keep track of things as best as I can. But uh, how many of you keep track of your anniversary? Don't raise your hand. You might get asked, how many years is that? But uh, this, this week will mark uh, the completion of, of eight years uh, being lead pastor here. Uh, one and a half years of New Life Church, our replant. And I say that to say that I don't want the. I want. I want to be able to go into the next eight years stronger, wiser, more anointed, more favorable, better, in all categories of of leading as a shepherd in this church. I want to go the next eight years of my life being a better, stronger person and husband, and a father. So these next eight years, I've got a 10-year-old, and eight years, do the math, 18. So I want to make sure I get these crucial years right. I know I'm, I'm not going to get them perfect, but I want to get them as right as I can get them. I have dreams and hopes of my children loving Jesus more than I ever loved Jesus, serving him more faithful than I ever did, having more courage and boldness than I ever had. I just reached the, the time frame of life of 40, uh, nine months ago. And so crossing into that, eight years, I mean, that's close to 50. I, I want these 40s to be the best, this best eight years, 10 years, decade of, of my life that I've ever had in all measures, in all facets. I, I, wanna, I wanna be more loyal, I wanna be more devoted, I wanna be a better friend, I want to be a better preacher, I want to be more tender, I want to be more compassionate, I want to be a bigger giver than I've ever given before, I want to be more sacrificial to people, I want to be less selfish than I ever had before. I want to be more confident in who I am and who God has called me to be overall. I need the Lord to take hold of me. That's what Ezekiel said, the Lord took hold of me. I need the Lord to take hold of me. It's not that I'm, I've been wayward or been rebellious or any of that stuff. It just so happens that if any time we long to get to a new level of life and dimension of life and purpose of life, etc., however you want to phrase that, it, then that means it takes something greater to get you there. Greater discipline, greater self-control, more of the fruit of the Spirit, more skill, more experience, whatever it might be. But I want to live these next eight, ten years 
right in the sweet spot of what the Lord has for me as a person, as a minister, as a a family person who has responsibilities there, etc. And and if I'm going to get into that level and I'm going to live in that vein, I'm going to triumph in that dimension, then I've got to have the Lord take hold of me. And if any of you want to get to a place greater than you've ever been before, then you've got to come to a place where you're dissatisfied with where you've been. Not that you didn't like it, not that it wasn't thrilling or fulfilling or any of that. It just so happens that there are seasons in life You know, there's natural seasons. We just crossed the threshold from summer into fall according to the calendar, but not yet in temperature or climate just yet. Hold on, because it's coming. And I say that, that sometimes we live life so much by the natural inclination, by our natural visibility and our natural senses that we that we get too far ahead of God or or we get too antsy or we get too slothful and we've got to hold on because he will turn. He will change the season. And I believe by a hunch of the Spirit that there are people in this room today that want to go to a greater depth in the Lord because you're tired of where you've been. So for some, it's not been satisfying. For some, it's not been rewarding. For some, it's not been refreshing. For some, it's been like a battle. It's been like a war. It's been like a fight. It's been like you've been in a place where you have just, man, you're just sick of it. And inside you know there's got to be more to this life than what I have encountered and experienced so far. So you've got the both sides of the coin. But either way, in order to enter in and live in the fullness of this next level and season that God has, then we've got to have what Ezekiel had happen to him. The Lord has to get a hold of me. Right? The Lord took hold of me. Now, either God is not dead or he is. Either God is real or he isn't. Either God is alive or he's not. Just in this short testimony that my wife gave earlier in the offering time, I remember that day. I remember when that happened, when the doorbell rang or the knock on the door happened. And Here you go, this is what this is for. You need this. Yeah, we did. And I can't begin to tell you how many times the Lord has come through for me and my family in a variety of ways, in ways that, you know, you couldn't sit down and, and, and couldn't write a script for this. That how God shows himself faithful and strong and loyal, etc. to you and to us. But I, I sense by, by God's spirit that we must become a little agitated inside in a good way because of there's something greater that still awaits you and I. And I believe that today the Lord wants to promote and create an opportunity like he did here in this story for Ezekiel and and his people to really step across a threshold, a barrier that has prevented them from truly, truly being who they were destined to be. And so today, I I guess the Lord wants me to preach to you on 
the breath of God. The breath of God. And I do believe, just like in this story, that God wants to breathe fresh life into you. That I believe He wants us to exhale yesterday's intake and receive a fresh breath of heaven into our spiritual lungs, if you will. So he said, the Lord took hold of me. And he said, and, the, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley. To a valley that was filled with bones. What a place to get to. What a place to be carried away by the Spirit to. To the valley is one place, but then to a valley that's filled with bones. And he said, he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. And they were scattered everywhere. <clears throat> across the ground and they were completely dried out. Completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? And he said, well, O sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. And I think that's a question that I think a lot of people have, is can I really live again? Can I really live again? Can God truly restore? Can God really heal? Yesterday at our corporate prayer, we concluded our 14 days of prayer. We, we prayed for everybody. We prayed for Mike, my Anna's grandson, and we prayed for Micah, Bargy's son. And in that prayer time, we prayed that, that God would raise them up out of their wheelchair. That God would just completely straighten out their bodies. I, we prayed that knowing that is the agreement in the prayers of their parents and their family. But I want you to know, caretakers... Keep believing. Okay? Keep believing. I don't know when that he's going to do it. But we're going to keep asking. We're going to keep knocking. We're going to keep seeking until he opens that door. Amen? Let's be persistent. Continue to be persistent in that. So I don't know what area of your life is dry. It might be you personally. Your finances might be dried up. Your marriage might be dried up. Your interaction with your family might be dried up. Maybe your vision for the life and what God would have for you is just is dried up. I don't know exactly what it is in you today. But in me, I need the Lord to just take hold of me. I'm not, as far as I know, I'm not facing any real major issues. But I don't want to allow myself to get so lax that the fire of the Holy Spirit get snuffed out because I get comfortable. Because I get in a place of convenience. Anybody like convenience? Man, I love convenience. They call them convenience stores, right? I just love convenience. I like it when, my, when in a day in my life when everything goes the way I planned it. Right? And I don't, I'm not disrupted. I, I accomplish everything. My to-do list is knocked off and I'm done and I feel good, I feel productive, but man, I got to tell you, 
there are some days and weeks, man, where my, where my days don't go the way I wanted them to go. Things don't turn out the way I want them to turn out. And I get agitated. And it makes me look at things. It makes me look at situations. It makes me look at myself. Well, how could I have done it differently? How could I maybe have changed this? Or, or anybody ever have the trouble of trying to fit too much in in one day? And then when you don't get that thing, that last one, two, three things done, you're like, shoot, this day was a waste. Didn't get it all done. Life is too short for you and I to live emotionally agitated and frustrated at life. It'll put us in this position that this, these valley of bones were in dry. So today I feel like the Lord wants to breathe new life, fresh life, but he also wants to breathe fresh hope. Fresh hope into your situation, into you. And he asked, can they live? And he's like, only you know that. And, and that might be a question you're asking today. Can I really live? Oh God, can I really live? Can there really, can I really have a full thriving connection with you to where all my issues don't tangle me up like a, like a spider's web to where all the things that I got going on in my life aren't the biggest things that are going on in my life, but the biggest thing that's going on in my life is the fact that you are breathing into me. You are living in me. God, I see you. God, I feel you. God, I know what it's like to touch your presence. Because how many of you know when you've been there, everything else in this world becomes so small? Because you know there is the God of greatness occupying your life. And he is outshining and outweighing and outsolving every other thing going on in your world. I know hindsight is 2020, right? You get across, you get through, you look back, you're like, hey, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. But that's fine, that's good because you get through, you go through some things and you see, okay, God, you got me through it. You made a way, right? You made a way. And Gary, God's going to make a way for the Dream Center. And what we mean by that is they have to move. The Dream Center has to locate the building they were in, the former regional hospital, 12, nearly 13 years ago, be, was occupied and it became a different thing. And the Dream Center moved in and history has been made. Countless lives have been changed, dreams are being restored, lives are being renewed. Now they're faced, they've got to move because the building's being sold, they're raising money to move and do something different, etc., etc. But God will make a way because people in that place need that place. They need that ministry. Just like God made a way for us after knocking on over a dozen doors of trying to find a location, it was here that God created an opportunity for you and I to worship together and etc. It might not be ideal, it might not be what we asked for or wanted at the moment, but it is a place. And so take that word, Gary, take that to your board and tell your friends, tell your brothers and sisters who serve with you, God is going to, you be confident, I know you already are, but you be even more confident because God is not finished. God is not finished. And that is a question you and I ask, can I live again? Can, can we sustain? Can Not just sustain even, and that might be the, the low ask of this whole thing, can I just sustain? But God's saying, can you live again? And he's saying, yes. God wants you to know you can. God wants you to know you will. And so here's what he did. Here's what, he, what God told Ezekiel to do. He said, verse 4, then he said, speak a prophetic message. To these bones and say to these bones, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to the word of the Lord. What does God say? This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin and I will put breath into you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, so I spoke 
this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling. A rattling noise. All across the valley. Not in just one part, not in just one section, but the entire valley floor was creating a rattling noise. When God's word is spoken into our life, things that were once dead come to life. And the enemy would like you and I to think that nothing will ever change. Nothing will ever change. Some of you have been so faithful to your spouses who do not come to church with you, who don't darken the door of a church. And you have been loyal and you have been faithful. But the Lord wants you to know, you keep speaking His Word. Things will change. Don't let up. Because when you do that, get ready to hear a noise. Get ready to hear a rattling noise. And it's going to be freaky. Because bones, anyway, I mean, there's over 200, there's 206 bones in an adult body. 270 when you're born, close to that number. And you start, they all, a lot of them fuse together. By the time you're 30, you're fully developed there. You've got all the density of your bones. So about 206 bones in your body. 206 bones times however many people are laying in this valley floor. And they're all scattered. None of them are attached. They're all dislocated, disenfranchised, isolated from one another. Whose bone belongs to who? Wasn't the, it wasn't the prophet's job to figure all that out. It was his job just to speak God's word and his life. And then it was the bone's responsibility to hear. And then all the rattling that's going on. You got a bone to this body and a bone to that body. And bones here and bones there. All mixed up in a pile across the valley floor. And suddenly they begin to move. The bones know whom they belong to and where they belong. You don't have to figure out how to figure out your mess. You don't have to figure out how to solve your problem. Because if you and I were so good at figuring out our mess, solving our problems, don't you think by now we would have already achieved that? But I believe today by God's Spirit, He wants to supernaturally move you into place where He has destined you to be. Now, I know there's more people than that that need this. Even if you don't need it, I know it's going to make you happy. Because there are things that are going on in our lives that you and I can't fix. No amount of apologies. No amount of I'm sorry's. No amount of I'm, I'll do over again. We'll get it done. Sometimes in life, it requires the super, supernatural hand of God to do something. Some of you have been in a position, your life, for a long time, and you're stuck there, and you, you keep moving, but you're not going anywhere. You've got motion, but you don't have direction. So let's figure this out. He says, the bones of each body came together, attached themselves as complete skeletons. When God moves you, He will complete you. When God gets you where He wants you, He will complete you. He will sustain you. He will finish you. And then as I watched, the, the muscles and the flesh formed over the bones, the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. So what's, what happens next? Verse 9, he says, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds. So at first he told him to speak a prophetic message to the bones. And then he said, speak a prophetic message to the winds. And he said, speak this message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And so what happened? So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came to life, and they stood up on their feet a great Army. They came to life and they stood up on their feet a great army. Speak to the winds. 
And he says, come, O breath, from the four winds, north, south, east, west. Direction. Direction. Not only will God put your life together, back together, not only will he reassemble you, but then he will reappoint you and redirect you. Because there's some of you asking, how do I get out of this? How does this become different? Lord, how can I move forward in the direction that you want me to go? God is responsible for doing that. How? You listen. You receive. And then you follow directions, right? I mean, come on, that's what we teach our little ones. It's like a never-ending cause sometimes. Just follow direction. Do what we tell you to do the first time. But I have this question, but I have that question, but I have this question. No, just do what we tell you to do the first time. Oh, We get to be 35, 40. I don't know what it's like to be 41 yet. I'm not there, but some of you there, I don't know that it really changes sometimes. I know at least up to now, it's, uh, I still have questions. I always like to know where I'm going. I always like to know ahead of time what's it going to be like. Going to a city, going to travel, what do I do? I look up the forecast. It's just, oh, you be prepared and all that. That's nothing wrong with that. But that's just how I'm wired. I like to know. I don't like to be behind a big truck. I like to be in front because I like to see. Right? I just That's me. I like to see the road, I like to see the landscape, I like to see where I'm going, even though I know where I'm going, my GPS tells me where I'm going, but it's not good enough on a little screen, I want to be able to see it with my eyes. And sometimes the Lord is like, hey, just do what I tell you to do the first time. And so, since um, August, one of the things the Lord is challenging me on is this, for right now, for our church, is in, is in my preaching. Is that I think I've been preaching series messages for probably the last five years. I don't think they've been that bad. Some of them were pathetic. Some were way better than others. Yeah, thank you. But one of the things he put on me to, to do for right now at least is not do a series. See, when you do series, a little inside note is you think way ahead. It allow, it's nothing wrong with it. It's good. I like it. I think it's beneficial and it's helpful to linger on a subject matter or a topic or a book of the Bible for a period of time. It's good. Nothing wrong with that. But for a guy like me, I can get stuck in a rut. And a rut is nothing more than, what, a ditch where the end's kicked out. And it's not fun being in a ditch. And so sometimes you can get stuck in ruts, even though you're doing the right thing. And sometimes it requires something different from God to get you out of where you are at. And so that's one of the things he's done for me, challenging me, is don't do a series right now, just week to week. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. Just be sensitive, because here's the thing. I tend to put undue pressure on myself and overthink things to where I calculate the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit right out. I don't intend to. I don't wake up thinking, I'm just going to write God out of this equation. No, it just happens the way I'm, the way I'm wired to think certain ways, to think 10 steps down the road. I don't know, it's a curse and it's a blessing at the same time. But so what I'm trying to do is just not fight it, resist it, or wrestle with it, just lean into it. So that's what I've been doing since August. I haven't preached a series, I've just preached messages right off the shelf. And this week, he's like, I don't want you to use notes. Now to you, you're thinking, that, what's the big deal in that? But for a guy who likes to write a lot of things down and make sure I don't forget anything, what it does, it, it, nothing, nothing harm, harmful in that or bad in that, it's just when you are trying to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit for certain things, sometimes you get dependent upon yourself. 
I got to tell you, I, this, is, this is fun today. Not that it's never fun, it's just this is a different fun. It's, 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 it's a test because I want to go right back right here. I want to see what did I write down. I wrote notes about today, but I wrote them in a different place, and, and the Lord wouldn't let me bring that notebook in. Why am I sharing this with you? I don't know. Sometimes I think it's good to just have this conversation with the people that you lead. So whatever you can get out of that, maybe you can get something good out of that. Sometimes things don't go like you thought, do they? Sometimes the script gets changed in mid-production. Mr. Theater Extraordinaire. <laughs> so we have to trust God's Spirit in our life. There are things that you have thought, things that you have plans for. Not necessarily bad plans or wrong plans. Just sometimes God has well, he always has a better way, but sometimes our plans don't always match his. And he takes us a different way. And here's the thing about that. If we're going to live by faith, then my goodness, we've got to learn to scrap the notes and go with what he's saying at the moment. Even when you don't know what the outcome is going to be. I don't know how I'm going to finish this or end this message, honestly. Professional preacher, you're supposed to know these things. You're not supposed to tell the crowd you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> direction. Some of you, you need some direction in your life because you've got some you've got some questions. You've had questions, trying to figure this out. Here's what. I have found that works. As hard as it might be sometimes. You ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. I'll be like, slow your roll, if I can borrow that phrase. Patience. Hmm. That's hard, ain't it? But here's what I have discovered in this short life I've lived so far. Is that when we're patient, and we don't get outpace the rhythm of God's timetable, He brings things together. God, don't you see the mess I'm in? God, don't, 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 don't you realize what is happening in my life right now? I mean, don't you, don't you, aren't you aware of my predicament? Yes, he's aware. He knows. But will you trust him? Will you wait for him? Will you be patient enough to let God actually do something and bring about his perfect will and direction in your life? There's so many, so many times that we, we, you know, I wanted this, or I needed that, or I sensed this, or I sensed to do that, or whatever it might be. But in, inside, I knew I needed to wait. I needed to hold on. I needed to just wait it out. And then to my surprise, God shows up, and he did it better than the way I was thinking that I should do it. You can attach all kinds of things to that. But when you're dry, like these bones, when you're in a place where you don't want to be, where you're stuck, 
in a rut or you're in a place where things in your life are not flourishing nowhere near the way you want them to be flourishing and you're just going through a season that is dry that's that's difficult that's that's barren sometimes you ever feel like you're just going through the motions sometimes i feel like that well, i felt that way lately I felt like, man, I'm praying, but all I'm doing is praying. I don't really feel any power there. I don't really feel any punch. I'm just doing what I know to do. And sometimes God waits to see how long we will actually do what we know to do before we think, I know better than Him, so therefore I'm going to do it on my own, or I'm going to do this or do it that way, right? But I believe that if we will keep doing what we know to do, it will lead to the breakthrough. What do I mean by that? There's all, you could attach, there's all kinds of scenarios you could attach to that. Maybe you are unmarried and you're waiting to get married. Do what you know to do. What do I know to do? Live pure and whole before the Lord. Refrain from sexual intercourse with those that I'm not married to. Stay humble before God. Present myself to Him in that manner. Trust that He has the right person. Keep living as modest as hottest. Catch that? And at the right time, when God knows you're ready, and you know that you're ready, doing what you know to do, God will hook you up. There's obviously a whole lot more scripture in that than what I just told you. I'm just using that as an example. I know my sheep, there are single people in our church, I'm not preaching to the masses, I know that. But I know there are single folks here. And I know what it's like to be single. I don't get me wrong. It ain't been that long ago. You keep doing what you know to do. It will eventually lead to the breakthrough. So what else happens? The breakthrough. Verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They're saying we have become old and dry bones. And they say all hope is gone. Our nation is finished. In other words, life is over. There's no way we're going to ever live again. There's no way we're ever going to be what we're supposed to be, go where we're supposed to go, do what we're supposed to do, have what we're supposed to have. All those things that our forefathers said, this is what's going to happen in the land flowing with milk and honey in the promised land. And therefore, verse 12, God says, prophesy to them, to the people, prophesy to the bones and prophesy to the winds. Now he's saying prophesy to the people. And this is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord says to say. O oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. And then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. I'll bring you back. And when this happens, O oh, my people, you will know, you will know that I am the Lord. You will know that I am the Lord and it is I who have spoken. It's I, in other words, it is me, God, who has actually done this thing in your life. There are things in our life that you and I face, that you and I deal with, that you and I find ourselves in, that listen, no human hand of involvement can make it better or change the situation. It requires the supernatural, sovereign hand of God to move. In other words, I need God's spirit and God's presence to be so fresh and so real in my life right now that if I'm ever going to be what he wants me to be, and if I'm ever going to really have joy, and if I'm ever really going to have true contentment in, in life 
going through me and living in me and truly be alive on this earth for what God wants for me, then God, I need more than what I've had before. I need your spirit to be fresh in my life. I need your presence to be real in my life. God, I need to feel you. I need to see you. I need to touch you. I need to know you. I need to know that, God, if you're real, then you can do something big in me. God, if you're real, then you can do something great in my life. God, if you're real, then you can cause change to happen in my life. God, if you're real, then I don't want to remain the way I am. God, if you're real, (coughs) then I don't want to remain stuck in this addiction, in this isolation, in this rut, in this mess. God, if you're real, I need you to move in my life. If you're real, God, the burden I bear, the grief I bear, the the pain I bear, the dissatisfaction I bear, God, the disruption in my life that I'm living in right now, I need your spirit, Lord. I need your presence. If you haven't picked up on it today, the message is not about five things or three things. Nothing wrong with that. Do this, apply this. Here it is. It all revolves, everything revolves around this one thing, and that is God's presence. How to dry bones scattered across a valley floor. Nobody knows who's who come together and be where they're supposed to be. How do these bones scattered across the floor, these dry bones, come together and have direction in their life? Movement, forward progress. How do these dry bones scattered across the valley floor, nobody knows where, whose is whose, other than God knows that they belong to Him, just like He knows you belong to Him. Get direction, their life is put together, but then they're put back where they belong. How? God's presence. Because the very thing that spearheaded that movement, the very thing that, that, that opened the doorway for, for, for that to happen was God spoke to the prophet and he said, speak to them and prophesy to them and tell them that I will breathe life into them and they will live again. What you and I need in our life more than anything in this world, more than, uh, more than money, more than food, more than clothes, what you and I need more than anything, more than a, tr- a traditional church building, what you and I need more than anything, a better job, what you and I need more than anything, uh, a spouse, what you and I need more than anything, a child, what you and I need more than anything in this world to our knowledge is we need God's spirit to be real in our life. Because then if we truly have God's spirit in our life and his presence is truly flowing in our life, here's what happens. And you and I are able to steward all of those other things according to his word properly without making anything an idol, without abusing our authority, without living entitled, without harboring ill feeling, without having a mischievousness amongst us but we would have integrity, we would have character. When no one else is looking, we'll do what's right because we know God is one looking. When we know no one else is around, we'll say what's right because we know God can hear. Amen? What you and I need is God's spirit, his presence, him to breathe in our Life, Because here's what happens. He said, I will open up your grave of exile and you will rise again. In other words, the very thing that separates you from where you're supposed to be. They were supposed to be back in Israel and they weren't. They were in exile. They were banished. They were not where they were supposed to be. But God's saying, what will get you to where you're supposed to be is my spirit, my presence. Friend, church, guys, listen. The thing that you and I need more than anything, to get our life back to where we're supposed to be, to live where we're supposed to live, to be who we're supposed to be, etc. is not necessarily knowledge, head knowledge, 
or experience. But what you and I need more than anything that trumps everything is the fact that God's presence and His Spirit is real in our life. Because when you know that God is with you and you know that God is in you and you know that God is living in you, then you're going to do what He wants you to do. You're going to live the way He wants you to live. You're going to be who He's called you to be because you know He's with you. You know He's in you. What you and I need more than anything, they were coming. He said, I will open your grave of exile, get you to where you're separated from. I'll put you back to where you're supposed to be. But then also, you will also rise again. Meaning if you have to rise again, that means you were down. You were down. And here's the fact, friend. God doesn't want you down. He wants your life up. He wants you up. Because if we're down, and if we live life down, here's the deal. You don't fulfill what you're called to fulfill on this earth. You don't live your purpose. You don't live your real destiny. But hey, you don't get it. This makes me happy. No, this, this, this really brings a joy to my face. This makes me feel good. But is it honorable before the Lord? See, it works like this. If you want God to honor your life and bless your life, then you've got to live a life that honors and blesses God, that honors His Word, that's obedient to Him. I think David cried out. He said, you, what you want more than a sacrifice, anything, you, what you desire more and greater than a sacrifice is obedience and a broken and contrite heart. In other words, a, a life that is open to receive your spirit and your presence. See, pride goes out the window. Ego goes out the window. Experience, knowledge, degrees goes out the window socioeconomic status goes out the window. You could be white, you could be black, you could be rich, you could be poor. It doesn't matter. When you know you need God's presence, it changes everything about you. What you and I need more than anything as a church, we need His presence. Amen. Because all, far too often what we cry out for is God fix my problem, God fix my problem, God fix my problem, God fix my problem, God fix my God fix my problem the problem is we're dry the problem is we're separated from where we belong the problem is there is a gap a distance sometimes between what we're supposed to do and what we're doing and here it is the answer has always been and will always be more of God in our life. You want God to fix what's broke? Then give God open access. Trust Him. Trust Him more than you've ever trusted Him before. Trust Him more than you've ever trusted Him before. Trust Him more than you've ever trusted Him before trust him more than you've ever trusted him before some of you are on the brink of true breakthrough I believe it I sense it I, I can sense that by the spirit some of you are really on the brink of a greater breakthrough in your life than you've ever been before you were primed for a breakthrough in your life and it's not because of your might and your power it is by his spirit says the Lord and the temptation is to think, well, I got here. I did this. I made this. See, I was faithful here, and I, and I can be faithful there. And all good and all well, but here's the deal. Who puts breath in your lungs? God. Who's the one who calls your day and says no more breath? God. So, yeah, we have the responsibility of the stewardship, but God has the responsibility of the ownership. He owns. We steward. He owns. We steward. He owns. How are we stewarding this life we've been given? To become more successful, to be more fruitful, to be more abundant, and to be fulfilling in what He has? His spirit, His presence. Amen? I don't even know what time it is. Man, it's kind of freeing not to think about that. You guys okay?
Doesn't mean I'm going to go another hour. You're like, oh, God, I should have left a long time ago. Doesn't mean that. We got good children's workers, nursery workers that are with our kids, and they're going to be done here in a minute. Because I got three back there. I know. They're going to be done. Be ready to go. Bible says, Matthew says, Jesus said, actually, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. God is into the thirsty, the thirstiness of righteousness, because He is the fulfiller. He's the one who gets to pour into your cup. And David said in Psalm 23, my cup runs over. Starts out that the Lord is my shepherd. What shall I want? What else do I need? Just to know that I can walk hand to hand and face to face cheek to cheek, arm to arm, side to side with God, David said, is enough. I'm so satisfied that I've got you in my life, God. I'm so hooked on you that nothing else is tempting. Nothing else is mesmerizing. The Lord is my shepherd and at the end my cup runs over. Is God enough to sustain your life? Do you perceive that He is enough to really sustain your life? I answer for me, yes. And I answer in the sense that I want Him to be more in me than he ever has been of me knowing him these last 25 years. It's another record, 25 more years. I want, at 25 years, I'll be 65. I want to be 65 and I want to know that, man, I was faithful to the Lord and that, man, I like, kind of like Enoch, I walked with God and I was not. I mean, I want to still be here, but I want to be, I'm not in the sense of, I don't want me. I want more of him. And friend, I think kind of the last deposit today is God will pour into your life. He will pour into your life if you want Him to. If you really want Him to, He will pour into your life. And if you want God to pour more into your life, and when He pours more into your life, you know when you, when you, you have a a container and it's got something in it and you pour water in it or run water in it, that old that was already in there rises to the top and comes out. You see, when we, when we let God pour more into our life, the old comes to the top and it ain't pretty. Especially if it's dried chocolate milk from five days ago. It has a smell. If it's been baking in the back seat of your car, you find that cup, you bring it, good goodness you know what I'm talking about? Some of you remember that? Yeah. Some of the adults are like, oh, yeah, that was my cup. <laughs> Whoops, sorry about that, dear. <laughs> it, was, it was Timmy. Timmy, I told you, get your cup inside. I don't know if there's a Timmy or not. I don't know. But you flush the old out with new, and we let God pour into our life. Here's the thing. We just let him pour. God's going to work it out. He's 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 going to work it out. going to work it out. We let God pour. He's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. 
stress. He's going to work it out. Okay? Stress, he's going to work it out. Okay? He's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. When we let God pour, he works it out. We let him pour, he's going to work it out. going to work it out. It's going to work it out. It's going to work it out. It's going to work it out. We let God pour. It's going to work it out. It's going to work it out. It's going to work it out. Who needs something to work out in their life today? Anybody? One of us, two of us, a few of us? Yeah. He's going to work it out. And I don't mean just the issue. I don't mean just that problem you see physically on the surface with your eyes. No, he's going to work it out. Because it's really in here. It's really in here. And if you were a Tennessee fan yesterday, it's... He worked it out. Well, I don't know that he ain't gonna do it, but they worked it out. Who needs God to pour in their life?